0: LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Welcome to Before Breakfast, a production of iHeartRadio. Good morning, this is Laura. Welcome to the Before Breakfast podcast. Today's tip is about how to build and maintain close ties with people you mostly see virtually. In the past few weeks, plenty of people have been trying remote work for the first time. It's necessary under the circumstances, but I know that for many people, there's an assumption that it's a poor substitute for an in-person connection. Whole industries of business travel have been built around the idea that in order for people to work well and creatively together, they need to spend a lot of time face-to-face. As someone who's been working from home since 2002, I think this is kind of ridiculous. As one example, I co-host my other podcast, Best of Both Worlds. With Sarah Hart Unger, who's a practicing physician who lives in Florida. I live in Pennsylvania. She and I have seen each other in person just half a dozen times over the last five years. But we have managed to start and run an enterprise together and have quite a bit of fun doing it. These things don't need to be either or. I'm certainly not saying that you never need to see people in person. But we won't all be engaged in social distancing forever. When we are on the other side of this, we can all recalibrate what should happen in person and what really doesn't need to, thus saving time and wear and tear on our planet. So how do you maintain close virtual relationships? I found that video conferences are a key part of it. Sarah and I use Squadcast to record our podcasts, which allows us to see each other and our guests, even though we're only recording audio. I have a Zoom Pro account too, which I use all the time. FaceTime on your phone is good for one-on-one type stuff. Before there were good video conferencing options, it's true that remote work did feel more distant. But now, this isn't true at all. And unless we're talking about someone you're planning on touching a lot, the human brain has no way of knowing that interacting with someone via video is different than interacting in person. Because how would it know this? It's not like our caveman ancestors would have had a way to see people without them being right there. This is why people who are on television a lot report that when people see them on the street or in a restaurant, they act like they know them, as if the relationship is mutual rather than one way. It's kind of funny, but you can use that knowledge to your advantage. Whenever you possibly can, do video calls. Yes, this means you need to build in time to brush your hair or shave, but so it goes. As a side note, video calls massively cut down, on the multitasking that happens during audio-only calls. They're much more efficient. Second, build in socializing time into your video calls. I actually think it's wise to build in social time to meetings in general, but this is doubly important when you're not going to be able to grab a cup of coffee or go to lunch afterwards. I run one monthly video meeting where we usually start with an icebreaker question. If the agenda is planned well, you can still get through everything. And given that any meeting is as much about the relationship As the stated agenda, this is a good thing. Third, be more systematic about reaching out. The human brain doesn't naturally think of people that we don't see frequently. Again, that's just the way we're built. If someone disappeared from our caveman tribe for six months, well, the odds weren't good that person was coming back. So in our modern world, you need a mechanism for thinking about the people you'd like to maintain relationships with, even if you're not physically seeing them all that often. Some people are kind of funny about this. I get regular emails from people at a certain time every three months, and I know that they've probably made it a goal to reach out to the people in their broad networks every quarter. Yes, kind of humorous, but it's also effective. I remember these people. Frequency of contact makes you feel closer than you might actually be. So build in time to go through lists of your social media connections, old colleagues, people on your Christmas card lists, whatever. If you can come up with a decent reason to send a note, then do so. And of course, take advantage of random opportunities too. Subscribe to lots of industry newsletters. And anytime you see someone mentioned that you know, reach out. While none of this means that we never need to see people in person, I found that these in-person meetings can be relatively infrequent and you can still feel quite close. I have a small mastermind group that I've run for a while and I realize that I can count on one hand the number of times I've seen its members in person in the past five years. I would consider all of them my good friends and colleagues. I believe they'd say the same about me. All this self-isolation doesn't actually have to be isolating if you're smart about it. I'd love to hear your tips for staying in touch virtually. You can keep in touch with me virtually by emailing me at Before Breakfast Podcast at iheartmedia.com. In the meantime, this is Laura. Thanks for listening, and here's to making the most of our time. Hey, everybody. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me your tips, your questions, or anything else. Just connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BeforeBreakfastPod. That's B-E the number four